Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Zipinski. We um, have recorded the show for you today. I'll be honest, it has been hard to find people um, who want to talk, and that's partially my fault because it's um, all war here, you know, and to, I feel like I'm bothering people and it bothers me actually to, um, to just think of ways to talk to people and bring up the very difficult topic of how things have been. Um, everyone here is affected. This, this war from the beginning has touched all of us in a personal way. Either we know someone who was kidnapped, we know someone who was killed, or we know someone who was injured. And, um, or we have someone serving, and they're all at risk. All our boys are at risk for being hurt. And it's very hard. Um, we, uh, you know, don't sit around wringing our hands necessarily. Some people deal with this kind of hardship in one way and people handle it in different ways. Um, I don't feel comfortable or appropriate uh, asking people to talk about it because I guess I'm here. I'm suffering too. So what I did was I um, recorded an interview and spoke to you on my own from my morning walk with my dog, which you know I have done in the past. I'm still doing that. And that's what I'm going to play for you today. So I hope that gives you um, something to chew on. Um, I do encourage questions and any comments you have. I, I do know that those of you listening who live abroad are fed a steady, steady stream of fake news, false news, and it's hard to know what's real and what isn't. And, um, you know, I'm not there, so I don't know, but I can only imagine how distant and how far away you must feel. And when you're only getting news from these filtered professional sources with an agenda, it's, it's, it does not seem real. It, it must not seem real. It must not seem like the Israel you know and love. So talking to people who live here, people from the ground, real people like me, who don't have any agenda or don't have um, people telling me what to say is very valuable. So I'm going to play those <clears throat> pre-recorded pieces for you right now. You know, I didn't want to do a show yesterday, and I didn't do one because I have nothing, I feel I have nothing positive to say. Um, you know, I made Aliyah, and I talk about Aliyah, and I started the show about Aliyah, and I'm very in love with Israel, and anyone who knows me. You know, I'm very positive, and um, I don't I don't focus on the the bad parts. I don't focus on bad parts of any part of life. I don't think it's healthy. Okay, I don't I don't like to do that. I don't um, I don't think I brush over problems, but I don't like to 
talk about hardships and talk about hard things. I like to maybe, you know, point them out and, and see how you overcome them because I think overcoming problems makes you stronger. And even when I bring people on the show and I interview them before I bring them on the air, um, and sometimes even on the air, you'll hear me say, please, you make it sound so easy. It can't be. Talk to me real. Tell me the hardships you're having. And then um, people will say, oh, well, this was hard or that was hard. Okay? But I'm talking about a different level of hard. Um, I think I mentioned this to you years ago when I was single and I was living in Tel Aviv and I was working for a, a law firm in Tel Aviv. Um, when I would go to conferences with my boss, who's an American lawyer in Israel, um, who had also made Aliyah, he would like lament to people about life in Israel. And it, it was a peaceful time, more or less. This is the 90s, 1995, 1994. 1996 maybe um it was after oslo and i remember you know we were like in germany or something maybe and they would say to him how are things in israel and he would do this whole act at least i thought it was an act this whole sigh and he would look down and say oh it's it's hard but we'll make it you know this whole dramatic which i thought was just ridiculous and i i didn't have any kind of um that was not ever my response when people said how was life in israel i would just be very chipper and say life is amazing it's great it's a great place to be and um since then you know that was 20 years ago I I, uh, I I did learn to understand because when you go through things, you remember sometimes those are the things you remember, the hard parts. And you don't really, um, <laughs> you, you never get rid of them. You never overcome them 100%. Uh, you know, and even though you go on your, you know, you go through your day-to-day -day life and you do progress the the hard parts and if you went through something particularly difficult you know it's part of you and um we all have different levels of what we can tolerate right so now i find myself and some of you have met me and when i go abroad or in israel and i speak a lot of what i speak about is my life here in israel even though I'm speaking on behalf of the medics and asking for support, I always focus on the good life I have in Susia and what it's like to live in a yeshuv with a playground and a synagogue and a little market and a health clinic and so many children and activities and we celebrate holidays together. And when we have your matzmaud, it's a big picnic on the grass and how I even describe my life to people as a summer camp. So I don't look at the bad. Um, and I don't dissuade people from coming to visit. And when they tell me, is it dangerous? I go, no, you're fine. Should I take an armored bus up to you? You know, I don't tell them it's 100% safe. I, I do talk, talk about our Arab neighbors. 
um, the presence of, you know, security here, the need for security here. But I don't focus on it. And maybe I don't focus on it enough. And um, just now I, I left the house with the dog. I'm walking and I passed my neighbor, who I did not even recognize, in full army battle fatigues. Even with, like, I think he had the the kneecap thing and the helmet, the vest. I didn't recognize the guy. Now I realize he was guarding all night. Um, I see a car now guarding where I usually take Packer, the dog, to cross the street to go up to that hill. Oh, wow, there are people over there. I guess that's a, that's a, I guess that's a guard. Um, anyway... It's um, it's not like life is so different now where I live. It's just quieter. And like I was telling you, all our neighbors and all the men here are doing guard duty. Um, but what is so awful, and the reason I'm talking now, and I guess I'll write this up later also for different newspapers that I write to, is I've been overlooking the hard parts of living here and the, and the bad neighbors we have. And I think I've been minimizing them. And I didn't ever want to come across as like scared or um, angry or an Arab hater, you know, because I'm not scared. I'm not angry. I'm not an Arab hater. But I should be. I should be. Um... And, you know, the first thing that pops up in my head when I think of those words is, they're not all bad. And, of course, they're not all bad. I didn't say they were all bad. But you said Arabs. You know who I mean? I mean the bad ones. And for anybody who argues, they're not all bad. Enough damage has been done. Enough. I'm not going to look now at the peaceful exceptions because peaceful exceptions aren't helping the silent people don't help the people who don't take sides are actually hurting the silent neutral they hurt when you see those mothers you know in in the um hospital the arab mothers with a baby on their lap who don't do anything when, uh, you know, someone's yelling and screaming and acting outrageously. Those kind of people who, I'm not talking in, in just, uh, if there's a terror attack, I'm talking about all the time in life when there's, um, you know, when there's a clash and there are people who do nothing, who don't take sides, who just basically want to save themselves, you know, they don't help. I'm sorry, I know it's an easy thing to do. People don't want to get involved because it creates tension and even brings attention, unwanted attention. I know it stinks, but this is the time. I had a friend last week who told me that she's in America, that she went to a parent conference, a school conference, and she's Jewish, and they were told the rules of speaking and you weren't allowed to talk about the Israeli um, situation about the the atrocities. They weren't allowed to talk about it. 
those are the rules. And I said to her, um, don't worry so much about the rules. You can break rules. What are they going to do? They're going to tape your mouth shut? And I said to her, this is the time to be prepared to lose friends. It's, it's hard. It stinks. But this is the time. Because people need to speak out. This is not the time to be quiet. And I feel really... Um, I'm kicking myself for all those times that I was quiet in life. And for those times that I speak abroad and I don't get, um, get angry. Um, I'm mad at myself. But uh, then again, you know, how do you reach people? People aren't going to want to talk to you if you're angry. You sound like a nut. It's horrible. It's a horrible situation, you know. It's hard to wake up every day here. And it's also hard to go to sleep. It's a nightmare. It's, it seems like it never was real to start. And I can't believe we're on day 14. I, I just can't believe it. I mean, I live, I, we all live, um, you know, really, like minute by minute. It's, it's awful. Okay, Lauren, you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. How you doing? I'm okay, as well as can be expected. You know, every day oh, the, the nightmare, uh, you know, displays itself again. And, and waking up is like, you just can't believe you even got to sleep. Right. Uh, I agree with you. I totally hear that. Yep. It's, uh, I agree. It's different times now. It's very, very different times. Um, you know, I wanted to bring you on the show because you are a recent Ola. I think you've only been here two years. Three, three years. Yeah. Okay. Three years. And I actually interviewed you before you came and you have been really successful here. You've become a tour guide. You got yourself licensed. You've used social media to promote yourself. You're always out and about all over Israel, either with, uh, you know, another uh, person that you're guiding or on your own or with your family. And I see your mom and I see your brother and I see right. you and I'm like, who's taking all these pictures of her? I'm, I'm always wondering, you know, because um, you, you go everywhere and you look great in every picture. And I was describing you to someone. And if any of you aren't um, just joining us now, we're speaking today with Lauren Isaacs. She's an Ola Hadash. What are you, 25 years old or something like that? Um, right, 26. Okay, she's from Canada. She has red hair. She looks like Pippi Longstocking. She's so cute. And she um, actually was introduced to her a few years ago before she lived in Israel, before she made Aliyah, just as a person who is uh, an advocate for Israel. And um, I was introduced to you by someone and you were in, you're Canadian. And, and he's like, if you want to know a, um, an advocate for Israel when you come to America and she can help you set up meetings and get people to speak, you got to meet Lauren Isaacs. And I didn't. You know, we just met over the phone. And, right. Uh, and all this time I've seen you develop and change and grow up and here you are. And I and I um, spoke to Lauren yesterday to ask her how she's doing and uh, if I could schedule for an interview. And what did you say to me? I, I told you I have a new job right now and uh, the scheduling is difficult, but I have to work a, a new job now during the war. Right. And, and she wrote to me, I'm busy four to six at night. And I said, okay, great. What is this new job? 
Right. Uh, yeah. So I'm working uh, as a dishwasher in a hotel kitchen now um, in Jerusalem for for the foreseeable future right now. I don't know. We take it one day at a time. Right. So I am so impressed. I uh, got to tell you, this is true grit. OK, someone who comes here, she's living the life. She's living her dream. She she starts a travel business. She becomes a very active, well-known, successful tour guide. And that's obviously a dream job for this woman. And <laughs> as she wrote to me, you know, right now we're at war. The, the What did you say? You said something like the work has dried up. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously there's no tourism. Zero. Uh, there are no tourists in the country. Anyone who is here has fled. Uh, in the meantime, I mean, we're at war. The government has said, you know, don't don't go to beaches. Don't go to national parks. All the tourist sites are closed. So obviously the work has completely dried up and uh, we do what we got to do. Right. We move forward day by day and there's there's nothing else to do. We just have to um, put our heads down and do what has to be done for the moment. I'm not doing this job uh, of washing dishes uh, for the glory necessarily. I'm doing it for the money and to move forward so that in better times we uh, everything will be OK. That's right. That's right. And, and that's what everyone's got to do. You got to just almost like, you know, bear down. Do what you got to do. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's one way. And um, I, I don't like that whole, um, and this is why I brought you on the show. I don't like that whole philosophy, hide, lock your doors, close the shutters. And I don't think that's right. what you're saying. I, I don't think that's it. Um, but but no. that is that is what we're told to do. People listening, when there is an incursion, when there are Arabs breaking into your yeshuv and there's an attack, we are all told that, you know, go into your safe room, lock your door and close your shutters. I hate yeah. that. I really hate that. And I go upstairs yeah. and I look out the window and my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I want to see what's going on. I want to see. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's a difficult concept, yeah. but it's also a difficult concept for people to understand. People who aren't here in Israel, it's what you're saying kind of seems foreign, right? Because they don't have safe rooms they don't have bomb shelters or locked uh, rooms uh, in the diaspora right now right so this concept that we have to run into our safe rooms itself is a sort of a, a crazy oh, notion right. um that we've had to get used to and it has become a part of life and we have to live despite uh these things right mm -hmm. there are sure there are rockets falling and there are incursions and there are terrorists trying to infiltrate into the country um but we have to continue to live these are our lives. This is not the first time that Jewish people have been going through a hard time and have people wanting to kill us in our history. Our history is filled with people trying to kill us. Right. Right. And we just have to persevere and, and keep going. What else are we going to do? Well, we're going to fight. And that's that's my point. Like this whole run into your safe room, I, I think is, is horrible. Uh, it's a horrible concept. Um, right. We have two big dogs. I have you know, we have weapons. We're, we have hot water, we have knives, I mean, rocks, you know, there's lots of things we can do. So the terrorists don't want to come to my house. They don't want to come into my gate because I'm going to give them a big fat problem. And, and if Good everyone did that, if everyone did that, then, they, then they'd then be scared. But hiding, right. what the hell? You know, hiding your yeah, and, and <laughs> Right, and, and more people are armed now than ever as well in the country, which is fantastic. Uh, more people have have guns and gun licenses. It's it's really it's good. Uh, yeah. We should be able to protect ourselves and our families. Now, out here, everybody has a gun. We've always right. had guns. Um, and it's just a matter of being alert. 
you know, you don't carry the gun exactly. just to carry it ready. You gotta you gotta be ready to use it and only be ready to use it. Like the safety is off. Okay. You don't keep the right. safety on. You keep all the right. bullets in the chamber. And you exactly you also have other things, you know, like I used to tell people, you know, a gun is great and everything, but it's a lot faster to throw a rock. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's and, you know, this is all for, for a lot of people. This is the first time they're experiencing it for a lot of people who made Aliyah. Um, I mean, this is the first real war. I mean, it's the first war we've had in 50 years. I mean, except for, you know, 2K ton and, and some small stuff uh, in, in the early 2000s. This is really the first real war we've had in 50 years. So it's new to a lot of people and people are sort of uh, navigating it uh, any way they can. Interesting. Yeah, that is true. It's true. Um... It's it's very odd, uh, but uh, life is, is a little bit different now and we have to adapt and we have to move forward and we have to persevere so that better days are ahead and we uh, make sure we have a good, strong, protected country that's flourishing for our kids as well. Right. So you live in, um, what neighborhood do you live in Yerushalayim? I live in the city center. Okay. What's so like? it's uh, sort of uh, near all the, usually in good times, it's near the hustle and bustle, near the downtown, all that. What's it like now, the day to day? Um, It's quiet. It's uh, it's much more quiet in the streets. I will say that a lot of shops are closed. Um, It's sort of almost reminiscent of a, a Yom Kippur or a or a Tisha B'Av, you know, uh, sort of days of mourning where people are quiet and somber and they open the stores if they have to, but they don't if they don't have to. And people are sort of leaning on each other and supporting each other. You know, everyone is trying to socialize as much as they can because you need people around you right now. You know, you need to talk to people. You need to um, vent with people. Um, but for the most part, it is generally quiet and people are just... Uh, waiting there's a a big sense of waiting right now because no one really knows where this is going and in what direction mm-hmm. so um when you say city center i'm just imagining the corner of king george and yafo where the bus exactly okay so a lot of our listeners probably know that area that's it's a it's a big part of the city it's you can walk to the shook from there there are cafes there's a big cafe Neiman on the corner um are these places? Yeah, you've got the the light rail, the yeah. restaurants, all the bars, Ben Yehuda Street downtown. Right. So, so tell me that is is when you say not open, is the Shook open or is Cafe Neiman open? Is the light rail running? Yes, the light rail is running. Uh, thank God. Um, but I will say, for the first time in in my time here in Israel, there is room to stand and and sit on the light rail. We'll put it that way. There are fewer people riding, but the transit is running. Um, People are out. Uh, all the stores that you could need are open. The pharmacies, the supermarkets, the makolets. If you need to buy food and, and medicine or anything like that, it's all open. Uh, other stores uh, are closed. Some of the clothing stores, you know, some of the arts and crafts stores, just the smaller stores have, have closed. Um, but other than that, it's sort of like, uh, I would say we're on half half battery here. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. It's slower. It's a little more quiet. Uh, a lot of people are choosing to stay home and go out less, but it's still it's still alive. It's not like the city is, God forbid, completely shut down. It was more shut down during COVID. Okay. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. It's almost like, it's like I guess, a Shabbat. I don't know. Exactly. It's sort, of, it's sort of like a Shabbat. And, and it, uh, some of the things that are closed, it's understandable. You know, some of the places that play live music and do this, the singing and the dancing, they're not open right now, which is a little bit understandable because a lot of people aren't 
necessarily in the mood to to sing and dance, right. which is okay. Uh, you know, it's okay for now. We go through the different stages, and eventually right. we'll get back to better times where there yeah. will be singing and dancing in the streets. Right. So whatever is closed is temporary right now. Yeah. They um, I was gonna ask you a question. They, there's a song that's going around. There was a song that was written during Corona called Zekatana Lenu, uh, right. very popular. That and everyone listening may have heard this beautiful song. It's with a bunch of different Israeli singers, and it was pretty, pretty much saying, "This is uh, no big deal. We're we're gonna we can get through this. It's no big deal." Katana Lenu means it's small for us, and it's an right. expression. And it was really beautiful. They um they wrote that song to you know give morale you know lift morale during the corona crisis. So what I've seen is they put together a video of um, the same song, exact same song, not a different singer or anything like that, but different um, show shots of of soldiers and um, volunteer medics giving the you know saying katana lenu like no big deal. And I loved it. Right. Okay, I loved it. I saw it, and it really it was just beautiful. And and then. Honestly, like the next morning, I I thought about this song because it kind of sticks in your head, and yeah, and I was angry. Yeah, because the lokatan, you know. I I agree. Yeah, it's not it's not the 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 way that life has changed and it has changed irrevocably now. Um, and the amount of lives that have been lost and the amount of people, the amount of families who have been destroyed. And the trauma for our nation right now, which is is tantamount to you know days that we've seen in in pogroms in in past days and in inquisitions and the Holocaust, it's not katan, it's not small, um, it's something that it's very real. We have to understand it, we have to accept it, we have to come to terms with it, we have to mourn it, and then we have to get strong and move past it, and we have to come together and unify as a nation to defeat it and bring about better days again. Yeah. But it doesn't it's it doesn't serve us to minimize what happened because yeah. it is serious and people are mourning. You know, it's uh, it's not something that we necessarily can overcome in a day or two. It's OK if people are traumatized and upset and, and ruined for a long time. It's OK. We will arrive at better days. There's no doubt our nation is eternal. Our nation. Uh, we've survived this and much worse. But there is a time for for sadness before uh, there is a time for rebirth. So I think it's okay uh, that it's not something that's so small. Yeah, I mean, they came out with this song already. I was just like, God, that's awfully. It's it's quick. It's a little yeah. It's a little insensitive. It's too quick, you know. Yeah. People are still traumatized. People are still trying to understand exactly what even happened in the last two weeks and on that day on on October seventh. Yeah, it's just awful. I mean, there are people still in the hospital, you know. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not for every family and for every friend of the 1400 people who were killed. And that's not even counting, you know, the uh, people who were wounded or the people who were kidnapped. It's not Catan for them and it'll never be. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we should minimize it to that degree. I think it's OK to acknowledge that this is a heinous, heinous, tragic moment in Jewish history. We will get past it. But for now, we need to feel it as well. We need to lean on each other as a community and feel it. And then we'll get past it together. What have you been um, doing for Shabbat there? Has, has, have things slowed down? Have things, are people coming together in a different way than they were doing before? You're a single girl living in Yerushalayim. So I don't know what you did before, but, but explain that a little bit. Give a picture. Right. Well, uh, before there were a lot of, you know, community Shabbases, single mingle Shabbases, young peoples, young professionals, different things like that. Uh, most weeks. It's 
I would say it's a little bit tempered now, a little bit slowed down. But the first two weeks were, were very slow. I think everyone was sort of withdrawn into themselves and everyone wanted to stay home a little bit. But now, um, this past Shabbos, everyone seems to be opening their homes again, which is really the, tr- the nature of the Jewish people, right? Um, Shabbos, things like simchas and weddings, you can't stop the Jewish people from coming together to celebrate those sort of holy moments in our Jewish lives. And people are opening their homes and inviting each other to Shabbos again. And uh, for this coming week, I've already had three invites in the community. You know, I'm uh, not going to necessarily walk an hour uh, right now away for Shabbos. I just don't know if I have the wherewithal to do so. But down the road, I've had three invites to go to Shabbos, which is beautiful. Yeah. So um, it, it's amazing that, you know, there's a moment of sadness, but for things like Shabbat and for holy spiritual moments, you can't keep the Jewish people apart. No, and I think people need to come together, um, especially yeah. people who live alone, who are just like, you know, the only communication they have is with their social media or, or their phone. They need to be with real people and, and talk. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely definitely and uh, my friends as well those uh, my friends a lot of whom have lost their jobs as well and they don't have work right now but we're getting together you know in the mornings just to be with one another and to talk or not to talk if they don't feel like talking just to be with each other and and to support each other and to see each other's faces and that's what we need to do right now we're one big family right and sometimes you don't need to talk you can just sit in silence it's okay yeah Um, i hope i hope hope that people are doing that it's good to hear and and people really uh, i'll tell you um i don't know if you call this advice or something that helps me as i i have my dog so i walk the dog in the morning and it is very healthy okay And, and it gives you a lot of energy to be outside and to walk and right. I, I think people should do that, you know, not just sit inside, not just uh, sitting and not moving. It's just not good. It's not good for your mental health. Right. Right. Well, thank God. Uh, at first, a lot of the gyms here in Jerusalem stopped their programming. But after the first week, they all opened up again, which I think is excellent because people need a physical um release you know with all the stress that's going on exercising sport going to the gym is also very very healthy very very all right so i'm gonna let you go is is there anything you want to share with our listeners because they are kind of like hungry for information and i've actually been asked by a couple different media outlets to um give them people to talk to and you know i i think it's a little bit insensitive I, i i don't really have the um nerve let's say to to be you know asking people oh could you want to be interviewed do you want to be interviewed on your daily right. life now because we're all exactly we're all affected okay none of right. us are watching this from afar um mm-hmm. but people are exactly. hungry for information because the information they're getting is horrible and it is all filtered you, my sisters my brothers and they they show me what they know and i'm like stop watching the news Please don't believe the news. You can't trust the news. Yeah, well, especially especially outside of Israel, foreign news stations. I mean, the reporting is is disgraceful. It's also laughable because it's not what you're seeing is not true. They're painting a false picture of, of what's going on. Um, but I will say that if, if anybody wants someone to talk to, uh, I am here. You, you can give them my email. They can reach out directly to me. Um, or, or if they want a, a news source from the inside, I'm, I'm okay to speak with people directly one-on-one. Uh, 
as I said, life has slowed down here. It's more quiet. Uh, I'm working nights now and I, I'm seeing friends and volunteering with the soldier distribution centers. But for the most part, we're talking to each other and we're helping each other and we're trying to create these communities to support one another. So if anyone is looking for someone to talk to, I am here and, and you can give them my right. contact I info will. as well. I will. Let me ask you one question. I, I should have asked this at the beginning. When there are sirens in Jerusalem, what happens? What do you do? We run for the bomb shelters. Uh, usually, you know, uh, usually the sirens don't go off in Jerusalem during the last uh, we'll say, you know, 20 years, we haven't had sirens in Jerusalem. But since this war started uh, on October 7th, we've had a, a dozen sirens going off in Jerusalem. We've had a couple direct hits of rockets. You know, one fell on a highway in Jerusalem here and one fell in the Judean hills and, and near Beit Shemesh, even just outside Jerusalem. Um, and then the other day I was uh, preparing a cake and uh, a rocket was launched and I saw it right outside my window and I saw the Iron Dome intercept it right overhead. And the boom was so loud. I didn't expect it that I dropped the cake all over the floor. Oh. Uh, and then I had to it was the chaval because it was a delicious looking chocolate cake. And then I had to throw it out. Uh -huh. But um Usually uh, we just uh, we go to our bomb shelters. Every building or every apartment has a mamad, a bomb shelter. And we go in, you know, like the rest of the country. I, uh, you know, millions of Israelis have been going in and out of bomb shelters for the last two weeks. And I'm sure we will continue to for a little while. But thank God we have uh, shelters everywhere and we know what it's like. It's okay. not something unusual. If the siren goes off, you go to the shelter, listen, you wait for 10 minutes. But Lauren, but Lauren. You're telling me you saw the Iron Dome. That means you saw the sky. That means you're high up. Are you in a high rise? I'm I, I'm on a, a I'm in an apartment building. It's like a medium rise, I guess you'll call it. What floor? What level? I I'm on floor five. All right. So where's the safe room? Where is the shelter? Well, our building is relatively new, which is amazing because under Israeli law for certain buildings that were built after a certain year, every apartment itself is built with a shelter. It's not a communal shelter in the building. Each apartment has a room that is the shelter. Now, my bedroom is my bomb shelter. The walls are a certain thickness of concrete. The floor is made of steel. The door, it, it weighs a thousand pounds, you know, to close it. Um the room itself is the bomb shelter. Okay. So it's very helpful. In these new buildings, you don't have to run into the basement, okay. into the shelter. You have it in your apartment. Yeah. So the older buildings, you do. You have to go down flights of stairs into a little it, cold room at the very bottom underneath the ground. Exactly. Exactly. The shelters are usually in the basement or adjacent to the stairwell in the older buildings. Um, it's not so old. It's only in the recent decade that they've started building uh, buildings with with these shelters in each apartment uh, under a new Israeli law. But the other day, last week, I was with a friend of mine and he was leaving for Miluim. He was leaving for a reserve duty to go serve in the in the army. And we were packing his bags and the siren went off. So we were in his building, which was older. So we had to run down to the shelter in the basement. And it was just so interesting. The whole thing is, is a little bit surreal. You know, you're sitting in a bomb shelter in Jerusalem, in the basement with a soldier. And, uh, you know, you're just uh, talking and, and just living. You know, this is life. Uh, yeah, so yeah. we move on. We live. We get used to it. We persevere. What's the number one trait of the Jewish people is to persevere, right? Through right. anything. Right. What, so whatever I, I, happens. Listen, you're right. Okay. I mean, you keep saying that and, and you're right. And we, we, we have no choice. Okay. What are we going to exactly? Do? We this have no choice. This is the only country we've got. It's ours. We're staying here. No one's leaving. So we're just going to, you know, grin and bear it basically. But 
I, I, I think this is very interesting because we, my house has, um, our, our house is actually a bomb shelter. It was built by Menachem Begin in 1982 and the walls are all uh, 40 centimeters thick concrete, concrete house. You you know these old houses. Right, these, right um, of course. It's of course. called a, a shkubit. But right. when you run down to the shelters, like who else is there? Oh, in the building? Everybody from the building is there. Uh, everybody in the building has to run to the shelter. And even some people outside, if there are people standing right outside on, on the sidewalk, they have to come into a building, into a shelter, of course. So sometimes you get strangers off the street. Just other, you know, we're sitting there in the shelter. Other Jerusalemites are sitting there. Right. Other people in the apartment building. Pretty, pretty much anyone in the vicinity comes into the shelter. Uh-huh. And there's a light and there's a bathroom because I know because our our, um, our shelters are reused. Sometimes they are too. We my uh, our, our used clothing store is a shelter and um, right. It's a steel door on the, you know, so it's, it's, it's interesting though, to think of strangers and people you don't necessarily want to see, you know, the lady <laughs> who owes you money, the woman who steals your newspaper, all these people are in the shelter. Exactly. And then you go down and you're in your pajamas because you don't have time to change when the siren goes off. There's no time to make yourself look pretty. So whatever you're wearing, whatever you're doing, you're in the shelter like that. Right. And also think of the old people. I mean, how do they manage? Exactly. Exactly. It's it's very time. difficult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's definitely a hard time. Um, thank God most people are supportive of one another and they help each other. Meaning if you see someone in the building on your way who needs help, you help them on the right, way. Right? right. It's not right. the whole, of course, the whole Jewish attitude is not it's not one everybody for themselves. It's everybody no. helping everybody. Right. which we are very, very blessed to live in a community where it's like that, right? Yeah. Everyone thinks of someone else during these times. Right. Wow. Thank uh, God. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of an advantage for being in a city and being in an apartment. You're not alone. Exactly. We're not alone. You are always around people. You're always around noise and, and hustle and bustle of other people. And there are always people to lean on. I love that. I, I, I must say, you know, um, years ago when I was single living in Tel Aviv, I lived in an apartment in a basement apartment. And there was a woman, an older woman who lived on the first floor or the second floor. And I remember some young man calling out to her one time. And it was, it was such beauty, such respect. And, and they, you know, maybe it's changed in later years. But I've, I've also, you know, seen people on the bus get up for the pregnant women, get up for the older people. There's a lot of respect here for the older generation. Yeah. And it's you really see it in times like this. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And it is so heartwarming and it is really, really inspirational amidst all the chaos that's going on and all the sadness and all the grief and mourning and stress. There is good thing. There's inspiration here. There's unity. There's a, there's a, a love of each other. And it's really something that you shouldn't uh, close your eyes to because that's what's going to get us through this. Right. The love for one another. Right. And that's how you rebuild together. A hundred percent. 100 percent we'll get through it you know hard yeah. times we've seen hard times we're in hard times there's no doubt and it's okay if yeah. people are upset right now and they they don't want to think oh you know it'll get better so let them grieve let them mourn because it's really a terrible situation but we will get through this we know it yeah we've gotten through it before and we'll do it again right right well thank you lauren i will definitely share your information with people asking and if any of you have questions out there you can email me at natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and I'll pass your comments and questions on to Lauren. She is, will, uh, you know, hopefully get back into the tour guiding gig when this ends. And I hope tourists come. I'm sure they will. I was on the call last night with someone who wants to come and volunteer. That's 
something people are always looking to do. Um, and I and I tell people, look, this is not a summer camp and this not, this is not um, a joke. This is a war. So this is not the time to come and look for housing and look for an opportunity to better yourself or to enhance your life <laughs> experience. This is not the time to do that, people. If you want to come, find a place to stay and get yourself connected. This is not the time. This is not the time to, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know any other nice way to put that. But <laughs> right. I, I always yeah. find and, it, and it bizarre. But but it will come back. The tourism will come back um, and it will come back quickly, just like we rebounded after Corona yes. as uh, more than anyone ever expected. So, too, after the war, it'll yes. rebound like that. You'll yes. see it'll it'll turn yes, around very course, quickly. Of course, people are. Um, I don't think people are fearful. I, I, I think, you know, there are those who are always fearful. You know, how can you live there? Isn't it dangerous? And, and there are people who just love Israel no matter what. And they don't care. Right. Well, you can't keep people away from the Holy Land, That's right? right? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> OK, thank you, Lauren. Go do your day. Go do your stuff. You only have a couple hours until you, you have to go uh, wash dishes. But again, <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I, I, I don't know how to say that. You know, I'm not your mom, but I just love <laughs> that that young spirit. I was the same way at your age. And that's what this country is made of young people who do what they got to do. And when, and when you move to a new country, and it doesn't matter if it's France or if it's Italy or if it's Israel, you do what you got to do. And, you know, don't come here and give up when things get hard. You know, now things are hard. There are going to be other times when things are hard. And everyone has a different level of difficulty. Losing a job, you know, breaking up with your boyfriend, um, getting in a car accident. Things happen. But you, right. like Lauren says, you know, you find a way, you persevere, you dig your heels in, you get through it use your strength we are strong people we're all strong jews um you know maybe people have been conditioned to to let other people take care of them well you know shrug that off because that is done right exactly well just uh, be strong and and thank you so much for having me today thank you Mark. have a good day bye-bye you as well bye